So when analyzing and even going back in time and talking to 100 plus uh, product managers, it was very clear that these tools, they, they are great in what they're doing. They're focused on specific area, right? And hence, they don't give you the flexibility to extend beyond that area. So for example, a lot of product roadmapping tools are great and they build great roadmaps, but it is just that a roadmap. Other products, maybe they focus on the intake and the understanding and the prioritization of, of uh, feedback. But if you want to launch a product, you have to use a spreadsheet. Right, to create the launch plan or something like that. I exactly. So we said, hmm, what if there is a platform that is flexible enough that allows you to define your own world and manage the full product lifecycle end to end? That was my guest, Adil Berdai, talking about the vision for his new product management tool just released called Kalido. Hi, I'm Nils Davis, and you're listening to episode 110 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. In this episode, something I'm very excited about, a new product management tool that looks pretty great. As you know, if you've listened to the podcast for long or seen my articles on the Secret Product Manager Handbook site, I'm a big believer in tools. Tools help us become much more efficient and effective at our jobs, whether they're shovels and pickaxes for doing manual labor or SaaS tools like Kalido for doing mental labor. And we product managers have not had many choices in tools. It was only in 2014 or so that Product Board, one of the more impressive product management tools, came out. So it's been a short time. So Adil and I will discuss his philosophy of product management tools and go to into a bit of detail on the product itself. As Adil mentions in the interview, there's an amazingly great introductory deal on AppSumo for Kalido that's definitely worth checking out. It's a lifetime deal for a very low price that would give you a very low risk way to get started with the tool. The link to that deal, as well as lots of other links and additional information is available on the show notes page at secretsofpm.com slash 110. I think you'll enjoy this conversation, I did, and get some ideas about how valuable a good product management tool might be for your organization. Well, Adil, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about your travels that resulted in Kalido and about the tool itself. So you have just released this product, Kalido. It's been out for a a few weeks at this point, as far as I know. Tell me a little bit about what drove you to go and create a product. Very good question. So I've been product manager for 20 years, uh, and I did product management in different capacities for companies like HP, Sprint, Motorola Solutions, and other smaller organizations, as well as did two startups, for one for SaaS and one for an app. And really in building these products in different companies, it, it was not easy. We were struggling in many areas as a product team and as a product manager myself. Um, it almost felt like sales people before CRM, where we didn't have a lot of clarity around what to build and what to prioritize. And we were piecing things together with uh, Trello and spreadsheet and PowerPoint and other tools, even existing product management tools, uh, it was just very hard to understand what to build and how to prioritize it. We started looking into it, uh, me and my co-founder, and we talked to 100 plus product leads uh, and product managers that really echoed the same pains. 
And we said, let's do something about it. And we are now out to streamline product management workflows. I think every product manager knows what you're talking about in terms of being able to manage the information you get, figure out how to use it to do better prioritization, how to communicate what you're working on, either to the outside world or to the executives or even to your own team and amongst your own amongst the internal people that you work with on a day-to-day basis. So this is fantastic. And you know that my background is also in product management tools. So we have a lot in common here. There are a few product management tools on the market today, not that many. And I, it's something I often comment on. Tell me a little bit about how you went about figuring out what was missing from what was on the market and how you address that. I think really the aha moment for us was that we were using a leading product management platform in our in my last job, yet we found the need to use other tools like Smartsheets and Trello and even spreadsheets and PowerPoint and others, and even different tools, even other product management tools uh, to complement what we were doing. And I'm not talking about development process like Jira or others, it's just within the product management space, um, we had to use three to five tools. And really the pain was in fitting that story together when we wanted to do things. So for example, escalations, we were not tracking them in AHA or in the product management tool. They were in a spreadsheet. Uh, obviously, they were in Zendesk, but we have a hot list that we have to track. Zendesk have thousands of features. And uh, fewer customer requests were in Slack or email. Then we have to copy them manually and put them in AHA and others. Uh, and it, it, at any given moment, we were not able to tell you exactly what are we prioritizing and why, most importantly, why. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that, because the data, the information was spread out in multiple tools. We said, why are we using these many tools, right? So when analyzing and even going back in time and talking to 100 plus uh, product managers, it was very clear that these tools, they, they are great in what they're doing. They're focused on specific area, mm-hmm. right? And hence, they don't give you the flexibility to extend beyond that area. So for example, a lot of products roadmapping tools are great and they build great roadmaps, but it is just that a roadmap. Other products, maybe they focus on the intake and the understanding and the prioritization of, of uh, feedback. But if you want to launch a product, you have to use a spreadsheet. Right, to create the launch plan or something like that. E- exactly. So we said, hmm, what if there is a platform that is flexible enough that allows you to define your own world and manage the full product lifecycle end to end? Again, we knew the risk that we might not be good on any on all of them, right? Mm-hmm. But it is a start. So it's almost like, I don't know if you used Salesforce. So it runs deep and, and it's a bit kind of, it gets a little bit clunky unless you have somebody who knows what they're doing to to work with it. So other tools, I think, started to get very vertical and very deep. That requires a lot of setup and training and things like that. And our approach was like almost like a HubSpot. What if I can have a single platform that is easy enough to customize 
and use it across everything. HubSpot can be used through service desk, marketing, sales, and you name it. That is really that single source of truth that's helped you throughout the process. And that's our approach. With Kalido, you can manage the product, man, the product throughout the full life cycle from ideation all the way to launch through a simple uh, user interface that's almost like a consumer-like user interface like Asana and others. And so you were working on enterprise software? Correct. Uh, all my previous jobs were B2B uh, SaaS platforms, yes. Yeah, so one of the things that I've always wanted to be able to do is flexibly associate the customers who've asked for something with that thing. And often it's multiple customers, right? Multiple mm -hmm. customers have said, you know, I want this widget or this, I need a report about XYZ. And one of the things that I've noticed about many of the tools is they don't really seem to understand that we have customers as product <laughs> managers. How have you addressed that in Kalido? I don't know much about Kalido, so I'm putting you on the spot here. Well, yeah, this is one of the main things. So evidence, as I mentioned, um, we can talk a little more about what I think and how I feel about what is evidence. Uh, as probably we have chatted, data-driven is a bit of a kind of a, a, a myth in my mind, but <laughs> evidence-based is something we can get to because it is structured and unstructured content. So basically customers uh, are part of that evidence and it is really important to tie what have been asked to who asked for it. And I think as much as important, why they ask for it as well, the sure. context, mm -hmm. right? So the way we are approaching that in Kalido is through related records that really gives you the flexibility to connect any feature to a customer, to a feedback note that that customer gave you, mm -hmm. or even to the idea that came through or the escalation or the ticket or the persona, right? And in creating all these related records, you have to have a flexible system that allows you to create these real objects. We are not linking to a URL, to a wiki page, like in other platforms. We are relating to real objects that have their own metadata that can be scored, that can be related to each other. And what, that's what we call open data model. And it allows us a great flexibility in tracking even which competitors are you comp competing against with these features? You mentioned that this is an open data model, which to me suggests that I can create new data types or object types or something and connect them. What are the, the basic types of data that you have in the system today? You mentioned ideas and features are two of those. What, what are some of the other ones that are built in sort of out of the box in Kalida? This is where I probably start getting a little bit into danger zone with novice users where the whole system is not created with real objects. It's your world, you define it. However, we have 60 plus templates that have those objects, those metadata and the relationships and you can uh, just with one click add them to your platform. So we have sample templates that are already preloaded as a full product management workspace. Mm -hmm. We think in the future to add those kind of fully workspace set up for other things like product marketing, maybe mm -hmm. customer success and others, we might even get a little more intelligent and call them apps uh, where you have the full package of 
templates, relationships, and maybe some even some automation as an app that you can import uh, to your system with one click. So right now with templates, we have uh, in the sample workspace, which is, it feels 100% like the classical product management platform, but similar to how if you're using a decent CRM, you can customize your customer if you have hospitals, right? Mm-hmm. You can customize your customer to patients and update metadata and it becomes a different world, right? That's why right, we give them right. flexibility. But we start with personas, ideas, um, features, or roadmap, which we'll talk about the hierarchy and object-oriented hierarchy of the lists. We have mm-hmm. customers and we have escalations. And each of these are real objects. Then if you expand the product marketing subset of it, we have a launch plan with milestone and data variables and channels and things like that. And we have competitors with a nice competitive matrix with those half-filled circles and things like nice. that. Um, and we have OKRs in the strategy section, which allows you to define your objectives and key results and relate all of those things together in a nicely formatted uh, way. So you feel exactly right at home, uh, but you can go on a tangent and create a marketing plan. Or in fact, we are using Kalido in our uh, company to even track investment opportunities and drag them through Kanban if they're interested, if we have interview one and interview two and mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy to hear that you have customers in your model. Uh, I mean, obviously it's a, you talk, call it a template, but the template is the knowledge that you provide out of the box. And I always talk about how important knowledge is. You know, people don't, they don't buy our products because of the capabilities of the product, but because of the knowledge that's built into them as at, at least to a large degree. And so I'm happy to hear that customers are in there. Cause I've, I've seen product management tools that don't have customers as part of the model, which just makes no sense to me. So one thing you get uh, with the open data model, uh, and I'm genuinely excited about it is the flexibility. So not only we can connect to the customer, but the customers themselves are real objects that have opportunity size mm-hmm. and risk score and a rating and things like that. And not all customers are equal. Not sure. all requests are equal. And you get that wisdom through with the connection you build, but also you can create an opportunities object and relate the feature to the customer, to the opportunity. And now you're getting to a really some decent grounds there. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. One of the things that we did in my old product, Except 360, which is long gone, unfortunately, was we were able to essentially create a model that allowed us to use different customers for prioritization. So we could say at some point, you know, like for this year, we're going to prioritize these three financial institutions as our most important customers. And so anything that they've asked for automatically gets higher priority because of that. And then next year, it would be a different set of customers that might be the ones we prioritize based on. And we could do that for anything in the system. It was very nice. And it sounds like that would be feasible within within Kalido, at least just, it's, it's a, you could build a lot of that model at any rate within Kalido. So that would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think I'd like to touch on a couple of things you mentioned. One is the, uh, the model, right? There are, thankfully, right? There are many uh, newer product management approaches and product management kind of theories now, uh, as well as even development frameworks, right? Mm-hmm. 
Some companies are using Scale Agile, some others are using just simple Agile. And even with prioritization frameworks, you have Rice, you have uh, Moscow and others. Sure. And while in other platforms, maybe uh, it will require a release and few weeks to get something, with Kaleido, you can create your own formula and customize it and use different framework you want. So now that's kind of in terms of prioritization, it is flexible to give you the way to define your prioritization framework and use it. And as far as the methodology, for example, Scale Agile, you have an MBI and, 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 and things like that, and Epics. So instead of just creating labels of confusing real hard objects that other product management platforms have, you create those objects yourself with a couple of clicks and you define your workflow. In fact, with Kaleido, you can, in theory, manage your whole portfolio in one list. And this is one thing really crucial that we decided to have as a differentiator uh, from even the kernel of the platform. We allow you to manage hierarchical objects within one list. So in other platforms, you have to go and see the epics in one place, the features in one place, the story in one place, mm -hmm. and, and, and like that. For as we said, we need to break those silos. I want context, right? Yes. I want to understand if I'm looking at, as a user, I need to do this, right? What is the context? Why is this happening? So you can very quickly see just the row on top of it. And, and I think product board, they do it nicely as well uh, with the hierarchy. I'm, I'm very happy to see that. But we took it to the next level where that hierarchy and those objects as, are 100% yours. You can very quickly, even after the fact, create a product, then move it to the top and create even a portfolio and move it to the top. So you can start managing portfolios, then products, then epics, then features. It's just crazy. You can that, go crazy with it. That sounds great. Yeah, we, I really strongly uh, believe in the power of hierarchies. Now, the, the challenge with hierarchies, and I'm, I'm curious how you dealt with this, is that hierarchies are not the only way to break things down right the there's that you might have a feature and it might you might want to break it down in one way but you might also have a different breakdown of the same feature that's a different perspective can you have multiple do you have sort of intersecting hierarchies or ways to have a hierarchy not be strictly a hierarchy can a i guess can something appear multiple times in the hierarchy is actually the question very good. So we solved that through that related record we were talking about. So not mm -hmm. only you can relate a feature to an Epic or an OKR or others, um, whether through the hierarchy, the, OK, the, the Epic and so on, but you can through related records, you can link it to an OKR and a customer, but also you can link it to multiple other records, whether they are in the same list or in another list. So if they depend on this feature or if they are kind of in the same thing, you mm -hmm. can group them through those related records and you can have multiple of them. So for example, for a feature, if I'm doing uh, two-factor authentication, for example, it belongs to this epic and so on. We know the parent and the tree, but it is related to this thing in the database and it is dependent on that thing, on uh, whatever, and you really build those relationships and you can see all of this stuff exactly. They look like children or parents in what we call related tabs. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have very good clarity where things are uh, are connected. That sounds great. Yeah, it's, it's a powerful capability to be able to see all those different relationships and to be able to have, you know, it's the real world, right? 
multi-factor authentication from the standpoint of a tech of technology, it fits into one place, but from the standpoint of how I talk about it to the market, it fits into a different place potentially, or if it's, or how it fits into the UI, the user experience, again, a different place. So each of those different relationships is very important to be able to track. One of the challenges that I have with, for example, Jira, which we all know is not a great product management tool, is the fact that most of the relationships are are one-to-many instead of many-to-many. And so I can only have a story living under one epic, for example. Whereas for my thinking purposes, I might want it to have different places. And so I'm, I'll be curious to see how, I'll be pure, curious to try Kalito and see how it handles that. Now, you did talk a little bit about evidence-based product management. I love that phrase. Can you talk a little bit more about evidence-based product management versus maybe data-driven product management, or what are some of the other things that you see that are not, <laughs> it seems a priori that evidence-based product management seems like a good idea. So what are people doing instead and, and why are those bad and how does evidence-based product management address that? I've been doing a lot of research. In fact, I was writing um, a small ebook about it and really the way I see the world is through three lenses. One is the customer, and another one is the competitors and the market dynamics. And the third one is strategy, right? Mm -hmm. So many times, which is a great concept and we should be all customer driven, but many times being just customer based or customer focused product management you might end up in faster horses zone, right? Um, in fact, we just launched through AppSumo and the feedback was tremendously same like that. We just want this is bigger, this is smaller, this is faster, and this is moving here or what have you. So it's very iterative, very basic feedback, which is great, it refines your product, but if you stay in that zone, you're not gonna innovate. Right, so really, right. the customers, sometimes they don't know what they don't know. And this is why it is important to look at also market dynamics. What are my competitors doing at a bigger game? What are other industries doing? How can we improve the work of art that we are in, which is product management, and take it to the next level like other industries did, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of the market dynamics the third one, I think, which is more important uh, is the strategy. What is your vision? Where do you want to go? Do, do you want to build the Tesla? Do you want to build the Ford? Or do you want just to give them faster horses? <laughs> However, if you look at those three angles, you're not going to be always in one of them. Sometimes you just build something based on strategy you might not meet, hit the mark. Sometimes you keep following your customers, you're just in iterative mode. Or if you keep looking at your competitors, you're just always playing catch up. Mm -hmm. I think the, the genius piece is finding that balance between these three components. And this is what I call the zone. So you're not always going to be center, dead center in the middle, but you have to strive as much as you can when you're building things to include a little bit of your innovation and vision and strategy. Where do you want to go? 
right? But mm-hmm. also infuse it with that evidence from the customer base that yes, they believe this is the right thing to do, as well as looking into your market dynamics and the changes. So take, for example, market dynamics, this COVID and remote working and so on. Mm-hmm. So you'll be under the rock if you didn't include that in your vision and your changes, right? And obviously it would be echoed by customers, but you have also to look at the blue ocean and the innovation and how can you solve this? And I think being in that middle, again, you're not going to be that center in the middle all the time, but striving to be in that middle builds really products that serve your vision and your strategy rather than just being reactive, solves your real customer problems and build outcomes, but also allows you to win in the market because you included that information in your decision-making. So that's what I call evidence-based product management. So it has a bit of structured and unstructured content, qualitative and quantitative data. But most importantly, it is an exercise of deliberately um, infusing your decisions with all three sides of the puzzle. Right. Talk a little bit about how you go about making sure that you take all of those three aspects into account. So you've just launched Kalido, as you mentioned, on AppSumo. You've started to get some customer feedback, which is sort of of the faster horses variety in a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's it's make this button green kind of question, kind of request. Yeah. But it's only been a, a, a it's only been a few weeks, I think, or a week or something. Yeah. Uh, at the time that we were recording this, which is a few weeks ago. So talk about how you're going to be looking at the market dynamics going forward, uh, if you can, and any of your strategy that you that you want to make sure you bring in as you start to address what customers are asking for. We value that feedback and we are tremendously happy that we are getting traction and uh, in- engagement from our users base and we will solve um, a lot of their requests and feedback. However, I think it is important not to just fall into kind of reactive mode. And and, and I'm just going to keep using this word mm-hmm. because um in my previous life, if you don't have evidence, if you don't have that scoring, if you don't have that information, you're in reactive mode. So if you are in reactive mode, um, as I experienced in my previous life, you will always have that sales VP coming running to you and say, if we don't have this customer report, we are not gonna close this $1.5 million Bank of America. And guess who wins? They win. They have the opportunity. They have the deal. As product managers, we're just like, maybe, yeah, right? <laughs> so what if you have the evidence and you'd be like, yes, thank you, Brian. This is great. Thanks for the feedback. I'm, I'm going to add the vote and the real vote for this based on the opportunity size. But let's look at the, 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 the size and, 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 and the roadmap with the scoring, right? This is 250 score because these are the three customers who ask for it. And this is what we are prioritizing for next quarter, is these features, 670 score. This helps us getting into the financial market. And these are the 15 customers who ask for it. And this is the OKR that is related to, mm-hmm. right? Talking about vision and strategy and customer and things like that is not just about what the customer said. We want to get to the financial market, right? That's our OKR. And this mm-hmm. is why, and this is why the score is higher. And really, when we did scoring, it didn't solve all our problems, but at least it facilitated those discussions. And we had some evidence to get back. 
and talk about it intelligently. Sure. Sometimes they won't steal, but uh, it, it was really a game changer when we started documenting that evidence and using it for scoring. Well, you know, uh, Rich Marinoff always talks about when somebody comes to you with a, an urgent request to always say, well, what do you want me to take off the roadmap in order to deliver <laughs> that, right? And it's Absolutely. a little bit similar to that. You know, you're working on things and they have high score and they ha they're aligned with the strategy. So how does this, how does, and the new thing may be perfectly aligned with the strategy, maybe the right thing to do, but you need to have that conversation, as you say, and uh, tell me how, the, tell me how this aligns with the strategy. Yeah, you know. exactly. So coming back to your question about AppSumo feedback, definitely uh, we are looking at it through those lenses, right? Uh, who is the user persona? Is that our ideal customer? Because mm -hmm. um, I think probably not all companies have this problem, but with Kaleido, with the flexibility, we build the system. Literally, you can use it as a lightweight CRM if you want to, mm -hmm. right? So we started getting a little bit of those very early startups or solopreneurs that are trying to use it almost for like a gigging or consulting and sharing workspaces with their customers and almost like trying to white label and with one deal create spaces for <laughs> their customers. So, right? so we are looking at it through the lens of who is our user persona and how it helps and improves our product for the general masses, but also through our strategy. Where do we want to go from here? Mm -hmm. AppSumo is great, but it is a milestone in the in a long journey. And we are focusing on the bigger and the longer game. So we are prioritizing through those lenses. Many of those feature requests serve our strategy as well. And they help us progress and make the product great for everyone. Mm -hmm. But few of them Honestly, they're just like self-serving for one or two users, and you have right. to understand and identify those. If you don't have strategy and vision and everything in front of you, you won't be able to detect that easily. So I, I would guess that a lot of AppSumo buyers are single users, even if they're on it, even if they're in a company, it's be one user in a company or something like that, or they might be solopreneurs, and which is probably not your target persona. Yeah, this is a really interesting point. We've been struggling with that even before listing in AppSumo. And to our surprise, there are a lot of product managers on AppSumo that bought our deal. Uh, because we were very clear, we didn't want to label ourselves as a project management. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even though there are a lot of comments and feedback, they say, whoa, this is cool. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping our Asana subscription, for example, or this is like click up with hierarchy. This is great, right? But we got a lot of good feedback also from genuine product management folks in smaller organizations, or even just guys in, in product management teams that want a good deal. And few even agile folks who are doing product um, in general. So it, it's a mixed bag, uh, but definitely not enterprises. And the reason I'm calling this a milestone because we want to start somewhere and see that market and get more recognition. And the target vision is for larger organizations with more intelligence that we will be bringing onto the market later. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Certainly, you know, one of the big benefits of a tool like Kalido is that all of your product management insights get out of individual product managers' heads and into a system which means that everybody can make use of them. That becomes a real problem once there's more than one product manager. You need to have a system to get all that information out. 
So bigger, or, bigger organizations exponentially benefit from being able to do that. That's my belief anyway. Well, that's, this is a very, very interesting deal. Very happy to see a new product management tool on the market. It sounds like a lot of good thought went into how you built it. And it's also sounds like it's very flexible so that it can grow. And obviously you'll be continuing to, to grow its capabilities as well. But the fact that it's an open data model is pretty powerful, I think. So if people want to learn more about Kaleido, what do you suggest they do? Uh, that's a great question. Thank you. So um, visit us at Kaleido.io. And as of this recording, we are live on AppSumo. It is an amazing steel deal for a lifetime uh, with very generous number of users and contributors and makers and things like that. Definitely check us out also on YouTube. There are a lot of good videos about our approach and why we even built Kaleido. And um, we'll be happy to chat. And if they want to reach out to you specifically, Adil? Yeah, so to get in touch with me, I'd love to chat. Uh, you can um, connect with me on LinkedIn, Adil Berday, or um, in Twitter, uh, or my email. Uh, we will put down the information um, in the notes. And definitely would love to chat, even if you are not out buying product platform. I'm very passionate about this. And I genuinely believe that product management workflow need to be fixed. And we are out to do that uh, as, as a whole industry. I'm totally with you on that, Adil. We will definitely put all the links to your LinkedIn and to the uh, the AppSumo deal and the Kaleido site onto the show notes so everybody can access those easily. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really great to hear about a new tool. And it's been great to meet you and get to know you a little bit. And I look forward to potentially having you back on. I know that you maybe have some cool stuff on the roadmap that you aren't able to talk about yet. Maybe we'll have you back on when some of that stuff starts to see the light of day. Well, thank you, Niz. This was amazing. Uh, as you can say, uh, as you can tell, I'm very excited about our industry. I'd love to have similar discussions and maybe who knows later, maybe a nice webinar uh, where we can chat a little more uh, with others in the market. And uh, definitely uh, very excited to be back and talk about what we are building for the future. Thanks again for Adil Burdai for sharing all that information about Kaleido, how it came to be, and his philosophy on product management tooling. You can visit the show notes page at secretsofpm.com slash 110 for links to the resources Adil mentioned, as well as the AppSumo lifetime deal for Kaleido. On that page, you can also leave a comment, rate the podcast, and subscribe to the podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback on the episode and the show in general. In particular, if there's any topics you'd like me to cover or people I should interview, leave me a note on the show page. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Until next time, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye.